ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls and children of all ages. Welcome to episode 39 of the Fumble Recovery Fantasy Football Podcast, where we'll be breaking down all the comings and goings of week seven, players to target, players to sell high after a good performance, potential trade targets, and just trying to help you win in your dynasty and your redraft leagues. So with me to break it all down, first of all, I have Chiggs. Hey, hey. And we have Mo. Giddy up. Evening, chaps. Uh, so Paul couldn't join us, unfortunately, but um, just want to say it is his wife's birthday and their wedding anniversary. So happy birthday to Andrea and happy anniversary, Paul and Andrea. Hope you have a good... That's poor form, Paul. I thought I'd have expected <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, happy anniversary, happy birthday. So uh, how's your fantasy weeks going or weekends going, Chigs? Um, bit of a mixed bag. Um, it's the thing I was just mentioning to you before that bench Deontay Johnson in a few leagues, and that that may cost me. But um, other leagues I'm done pretty well in. But yeah, there's definitely some um, interesting performances we'll probably cover. Zeke uh, going for five points, and uh, Jarek McKinnon for zero was uh, particular <laughs> highlights. But. Uh, I love how in the IDP league, uh, McKinnon got your point for a tackle, which is the reason why he's on <laughs> he's on positive points. Otherwise, Literally. I had that clown in um in one of my keeper leagues, and he got me minus zero point one. So there we have it. Mo, how's your fantasy week going? Three, I think minus one in a tackle. That, that was his box score. Negative <laughs> 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 yardage, but he made it back up with a tackle. Thanks, mate. <laughs> Yeah, uh, uh, mine's 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 a tough one here. Um, uh, I think IDP. I'm losing to Paul here most likely, um, uh, unless uh, Makai Kaiser goes off. And um, my other leagues, oh man, my main league, Fells destroyed me. Zero, you know, basically laid a goose egg. Needed a couple points from him, and I've been all right with Montgomery today. But it's gonna be a close one. I'm mean, on a pretty couple few close ones here and there. Nice. And to be honest, I think this was shaping up to be my best fantasy week so far. And then I woke up and in a league where Sleeper said I was 99% favorite to win, I then saw I'm down to 14% chance because Tyler Lockett and Buda Baker combined for nearly 90 points. So um, that was quite soul-destroying. But <laughs> otherwise, uh, it's looking to be a good good week in fantasy, I think, particularly in the main leagues. So uh, we'll break down week seven then. First game was Thursday Night Football. Um, the NFC East is the gift that kind of keeps on giving. Um, just just an awful, awful division. And it was the Eagles at home, I believe, against the Giants. Eagles victorious 22-21. Giants really should have won that. I mean, Daniel Jones tripping up became... The internet is undefeated for those memes, and you just knew it was coming. Uh, so there was that. Because um, you know it was a pretty impressive run, obviously apart from the ending. It was amazing. It really was amazing. It's just it's a shame. You know, yeah, it's hard as you say. He's, he's run all that distance and then tripped up, and then he's literally just mocked for it. Well, exactly. Um, so it was, as I said, entertaining in that respect. A uh, bit of a better performance from. Carson Wentz, but the Giants really should have won that. They, they threw it away. Uh, so just just breaking it down then, some of the fantasy players of note. Um, I mean, Deshaun Jackson, nobody should be holding hope on him 
doing anything. I think he's going on IR, so he's going to miss a few games. But from the Eagles, some of the players that stood out, Boston Scott had a decent game, particularly in PPR, as a fill-in for Miles Sanders. Uh, Richard Rogers was actually the lead uh, receiver with 85 yards on six uh, catches, so nicely filling in for Zach Ertz and Dallas Goddard. Fulgham sort of carried on with 73 yards, didn't get the touchdown this week. But generally, the players who stepped in for the Eagles, Greg Ward, five receptions and the touchdown, so the touchdown kind of helped. Arthega Whiteside did absolutely nothing, and Hakeem Butler, I don't even know if he was playing. So just from an Eagles perspective, are any of those names, are, are they all players you think that should be owned? So Rogers, Fulgham, Ward particularly in dynasty leagues at the moment as fill-ins? So for me, tight ends-wise, you know, we've known the uh, the Eagles, obviously heavily relying on their tight ends. Um, so Rogers with uh, Goddard and Ertz being out for sure. I think Goddard's due back, though, potentially this week. Okay. I think one more week, maybe, possibly. Yeah, so it's one of those. I think Rogers, you know, if you've got him and you're sort of short of other options, yeah, definitely, uh, definitely be looking to play him. Um, in the short term, for me, I think Travis Fulgham's actually really interesting. You know, keep thinking he's a bit of a flash in the pan, but you know, that's that's I think three or four solid weeks he's had. Uh, four solid weeks, you know, he's, he's had now for a guy he picked up off waivers. And um, you know, I, I think he could end up being potentially the number two option there when um, after Jalen Rager comes back. So definitely a guy I'm interested in Dynasty Dennis, leagues. I think I picked him up in a few leagues. Um, and that's the interesting one because Rager's now coming off IR and Alshon Jeffrey is supposedly back soon. Are you still comfortable in rolling out Fulgham or Ward at all? Yeah, I, I, personally, I think so. You know, we haven't seen anything from Rager so far to suggest you know he's going to demand to be the number one guy straight away. Um, we know Alshon Jeffrey's injury history. Um, you know, can't stay healthy, and also. The fact that he's probably likely on his way out um, after yeah. this season, and Fulgham seems to have a nice rapport with, um, with Carson Wentz, right? And and we say about Carson Wentz, and you know he's probably not playing that well, but if you look at his stats, I think he's probably he's he's a QB one on the season so far, with very limited sort of weapons around him. Right, their running game's not really working, and. He hasn't got any receivers to throw to, and is still a, t- uh, a white um, QB one. So, so you're you're a championship winning team, both of you, in fact, in in our primary dynasty league, are seven and zero. So, con- or heading for seven and zero, I should say. So, congrats on a great start. If if you are say worried about one another or who you might face, is Fulgham somebody you'd give up your late second? For given that it is now looking like a late second, most likely for you two. So, given that I own Fulgham, the move I'd be looking to make is pack trying to package him um, with maybe a first or something to try and get what you know, like a an elite receiver, like an, you know, an Adam Thielen or a, uh, a Keenan Allen, you know, something on like that. There, um, you know, you're trying to get him off a, a team that's not going to be competing this year, and um, you know, you're trying to sort of get that high upside, more consistent player, maybe. But at the same time, you know, with Fulgham, for right now, for me, he's a very startable asset in my team. So I wouldn't be selling him um, 
you know, so I think it depends on the, what sort of team you're in. Like, would I be giving up a late second for him? Probably, well, it depends on what happens when the other guys come back, right? Yeah, so, I mean, Rager's coming back, but Fulgham had 11 targets this week. You know, I only caught five of them, but 11 targets is quite a high volume share. Mo, ignoring the fact that you have Rager in that league, so you must, I know you must be excited at the potential targets that he could be seeing, but if you didn't have Rager, is Fulgham someone you'd give your second for? No, I think I'm staying away. Um, I don't. I wouldn't be giving any. I wouldn't be paying high for it. I think he's just someone that I would pick off 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 of waivers and stash. Um, yeah. I can. I can. I might be giving some fab, but um, yeah, I would. Uh, I. I, I want to see how he does with Goddard there, with Ertz there, and with Rhaegar there. Then I want to see how much, how much, I mean, how much of a target share he's getting. Um, and that then you know moving forward, I mean, you have the upside there, but I mean, right now I would only pay probably fab money for him at the moment. I don't think I'd be, you know, or a very late round pick. I don't think I'd be, you know, even looking towards a second or a third at this stage. See, for okay. me, a, a third's easily, you know, if if I didn't have him, I'd easily pay a third for him now, right? Because, as I say... Likewise, uh, yeah. For a guy, I'm, you know, I'm, I've, I've plugged him in this week and he's picked me up another 13 points, which is, you know, pretty solid. Um, for, for, you know, for a third round pick, you know, you can... You can easily replenish those third rounders, um, you know, later on, and really the guys you're pay- you're picking up with it are, are quite sort of dart throws anyway, right? So the second starts to become more interesting. I think you know an early to mid second in this class is still going to be pretty valuable, mm-hmm. given the you know given the quality coming out again. Um, it's the late picks that really yeah that starts getting. Um more of a dart throw um late seconds and then from a giants perspective so daniel jones had his best fantasy game of the season largely helped by that 92 yards of rushing and should have been a better day should have had an extra 10 yards 15 yards and a touchdown but alas wasn't to be devonta freeman mo i know this will disappoint you he's gone (laughs) down injured again so only had the three carries. Uh, Sterling Shepard was the lead of the receivers, but again, is six for 59 and one. Not really what you're looking for. You're looking for a bit better. Evan Engram being disappointing and being touted to be rumor of trade talks. I think there are some teams interested in getting Evan Engram potentially from the Giants. Tate, Slayton, all disappointed. Tate kind of saved his day with the one reception, which was a touchdown. Are there any Giants you're looking to buy at all for redraft? Any interest in Goldman or Dion Lewis or anything like that? I think Goldman would be good in redraft, just to kind of pick him up. I mean, uh, we're not sure exactly um, what the... What, uh, what the... Um, uh, but yeah, uh, yeah, I would say he's a good he's a good plug-in flyer at the moment, Goldman, in a redraft. <laughs> Sterling Shepard for me in in Dynasty is not another one of those guys um, you'd pay a third for, you know, give you give you some depth on your bench um, for you know obviously bye weeks and injury sort of side to hit now. Um, yeah. you, obviously, you don't want to be starting him, you know, if you make it to the championship game, you know, you're going to be kind of crossing your fingers and hoping a bit, but definitely a very valuable, you know, and, and this is kind of what people need to think about is that you know the, those sort of bye weeks and stuff, depending on your situation, you know. Do you need a bit of help to get through? Like paying a third or a late second, just to get you, you know, to get you to the the playoffs. 
then make a run, <laughs> it's, it's, it's worthwhile spending that, you know. Yeah, and I think that's it. Maybe even Engram, but outside of that, there's probably no one I'm looking to buy. If anything, if I'm rebuilding, see if I can get Jones for cheap mm-hmm. um, rather than relying on one of the rookie QBs next year. Uh, I think better days are ahead for Jones. That's why I'm holding on, but not much of interest, I don't think, there. Not with the team they have this season. Um, just always under pressure uh, on offense. Uh, right next up was... a. Uh, NFC South rivalry, uh, New Orleans Saints and Carolina Panthers. Um, I'm sure you'd be disappointed to lose to the Saints. Uh, it was quite a close game throughout, actually. And I think both teams would be disappointed they couldn't do more in the fourth quarter. They're only the one field goal for the Saints, which ended up winning, being the winning field goal. Um, but names that kind of stood out. I mean, Alvin Kamara, of course, we all know about Kamara, had a good day rushing and receiving. But Marquez Callaway. Eight receptions for 75 yards. Uh, Deontay Harris, four for 46 and a touchdown uh, for, for the Saints. I think Marquez Callaway is a very interesting name because for a while people thought it would be Traquan Smith. I think he's taken in all of our leagues, but how much fab would you give up for someone like a Marquez Callaway, Chiggs? Yeah, I think, you know, at, at this point of the season, um, it's very unlikely you're going to suddenly get a, a guy pop out of nowhere um, and start putting up decent numbers. And, you know, and with Michael Thomas being out, he's probably back next week, but uh, he's obviously done well. So maybe 20% of your in a dynasty league, 25% of your fab budget. Cause yeah, if, I he don't like being, them, huh? if he ends up being, you know, the, the number two there, right? So what we expected Traquan Smith to be in the offense, you know he's going to hold quite a bit of value. Probably turn that that pickup of waivers into maybe a second round pick at a push. Yeah, I think he's start worthy next couple of weeks while uh, Emmanuel Sanders is on the COVID IR as well. Um, yeah. so even if Thomas is back, you know you know Thomas is going to get star corner and he's going to get possibly doubled up. So. I think Marcus Calloway looks like he's sort of overtaken at the moment. Um, from a Panthers perspective, quite a disappointing performance from Mike Davis, I think considering what he's been putting up. We mentioned that on the um, betting podcast, that probably not the game you want Mike Davis in your in your DFS teams because the Saints are one of the better defences against the run. But DJ Moore had his best game of the season, two touchdowns. Only on four receptions, but one nice bomb. Robbie Anderson continued to be reliable in um, in PPR formats. Curtis Samuel had a half-decent game. Mo, I think we've talked about this before. You guys just do not use the tight end, or you're just craving for a tight end. We need a tight end. I mean, I, I thought we would be trading for Ingram or Joku. I mean, Howard before his injury. Um, and uh, I think we may just be drafting one with uh, an early pick next year. Maybe that's what their goal is. But, uh, our, yep, I mean, Ian Thomas is terrible. Manhurts is more of a blocking tight end. Um, yeah, I mean, we, we know, L- you know, we, we at uh, LSU, Brady did use his tight end as a receiver, you know, Moss being there. So, you know, his, you know, our, his, his game plan does incorporate a tight end, and we just don't have one that's, that's viable or good enough to actually catch the ball and run yeah. the routes how they're supposed to. And Robbie Anderson's an interesting one because I think a couple of us have discussed him uh, on 
various chats and stuff outside of the podcast but he's consistent every week he's getting you 70 plus yards five plus receptions okay didn't get a touchdown this week but most weeks he had um he must be a wide receiver one on the season i've not checked where he's he is yeah i think he up until this week he might have been something like wide receiver four or five he was right um, so what's what's his value what because and i asked that knowing that in our tbc league you're both contenders um kush is a former guest and friend of the show is not competing um he's put him on the trade block what, what he, i'll tell you about? now i've uh, i've already inquired about him this week actually funny enough yeah and i don't blame you because he, he could be that missing piece that you need he's yeah, more I like mean, a starter so i mean in my all my redraft leagues i'm pretty much starting uh robbie anderson on a weekly basis ahead of guys um like deontay johnson um Chris Godwin, you know, the, the, so for me, he, he's a start every week. Um, and, you know, I inquired about trying to trade for him in um, in TBC. Yeah. Offered uh, offered my second for him. Obviously, he would be a late second. Um, and Kush said no. I think he's probably looking for something like an early second to a late first, which okay, a late first, definitely not. Um, an early to mid second is probably, for me, fair value. It's a tough one because I think, and now I'm not saying what you should do or even know what you should do, but I think there are leagues where someone like for Robbie Anderson, I think he's worth giving up the first four because I know the class next year is exciting and all that. But and again, I'm not trying to get either of you to make this move as such, but I'm thinking if, if you need that one player who's, reliable and i think he is reliable even more so than dj moore at the moment you know for weekly production i don't think a first is massively overpaying it might be slightly more than fair value because i'm I'm with you i think it's sort of that late first to early second you know around pick 12 to pick 15 sort of range that i think is fair value for robbie anderson but if somebody was to pay the first I wouldn't say, oh, my God, you've massively overpaid just because he's now shown it. And in the offseason, when they made the move, we were talking about, I think was it, uh, Joe Brady was his coach at Temple. So he's coached him as a receiver before. We kind of thought that his value would increase. And uh, I think Kush actually got him for quite cheap, didn't he, from Danny in the league or it was as part of a trade to move up or whatever. But, um, yeah, I mean, Mo, what's your thoughts on Robbie Anderson? You're obviously a Panthers fan. Um, I like him. I think uh, I think he, for once in his life, uh, for once in his NFL career, he has a very uh, safe floor, and that's 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 key. Um, uh, I I don't necessarily think in a dynasty I'll be giving up a first. Um, I, I prefer. Uh, I mean, I don't. He, he's you know he's great. Speeds there. Um, but unfortunately, Teddy's not one to know known to air it out air it out that deep, especially to him. Uh, from what I've seen, he's doing more of the under under underlying shorter cuts and stuff. Um, but, uh, no, I, I, I just in a, just in a dynasty format, I don't think I would pay a first round. Um, I would say, yeah, second round is probably about right. Uh, like a mid to late second round would be my value associated with him just because, um, I mean, things are going to change. I mean, you know, right now this year is, 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 you know, Panthers have no defense is going to keep throwing the ball. And then, you know, you know, you still have three solid receivers on that team. You got Samuel, you have, 
you know, DJ, I don't, we'll see what happens next year contract wise. And then, you know, you have Robbie, of course. So I think it's, it's one of those things for this year. Yes, you go for him. Uh, I mean, the question is though, in for future years, I can't, I can't promise he's going to be just as good or his numbers going to remain just as good. Cause I don't think that he's as talented as other wide receivers you get, like say in the first round this year in uh, the rookie draft. Yeah, that's, that's, that's a fair with comment. A, with Anderson as well, like he's been really solid, like very consistent on a weekly basis, which is great. I think, you know, when you get into that sort of championship level team, you almost want like a Tyler Lockett. I'd, I'd happily pay the extra for Tyler Lockett because he can put up that sort of 50-point game like he did yesterday. And, you know, a performance like that's going to set you over the edge, whereas I don't see Robbie Anderson having that same sort of upside on a weekly basis. You know, he, yeah, and, he's, and you know, as good as Teddy Bridgewater is, is no Russell Wilson. You know, uh, Wilson amongst the top top few in the league. I mean, Bridgewater has been very good, very impressed by what he's been able to do. Um, and you, Mo, again, credit to you. You called it. You called the scheme. You, you know, you're telling our listeners to get Bridgewater, and he's not disappointed so far. So here's yeah, a lot. Interesting one. Um, so, would you give up, say, Michael Pittman for Robbie Anderson straight up? Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think Robbie Anderson's worth more than Pittman. Um, that's um, with, yeah, that's uh, to, to a team that needs to, you know, to win a team now. That's yes, to win. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, looks like uh, that, that might be something that Kush may have asked him for. He, he didn't actually, but I'm surprised. I'm surprised he didn't. And I'll be honest, with you, I'm not sure I would have given up Pittman straight up for Robbie Anderson. You know, I don't think I need to make that move just yet. I'd rather p- try and package Pittman up with my first, maybe, and try and get um, like an elite receiver. But mm. I think with Pittman, you'd be selling him for cheap compared to what his upside is. So you. To get full value, you'd need someone to have been a fan, maybe, you know, just got sniped or something and still trust the talent because he's not had a chance to showcase anything. So yeah. I think anything you sell Pittman for is going to be generally cheap. And T.Y. Hilton's been disappointing there. Uh, Paris Campbell got injured early as well. So there's a lot of question marks about that Colts offense at the moment. Right, next game, very disappointing game. Uh, Jets and the Bills, um, another game where a kicker scored six field goals after McManus did it last week. It's, it's just the, I mean, Jets took the early lead, in fact, and the Bills sort of came back. I think the thing that stood out was Josh Allen just seems to be going through a bit of a bit of a patch at the moment where he's struggling. Um, and you know, Jets, we've said it before, they've not got a terrible defense, actually got a half-decent defense. What's going on with Josh Allen, do you think? Is it just, does he need a bye week? Or you know, is is he, I mean, I even heard um, someone mention on a chat that when they don't have John Brown, it seems to make a big difference just because he then has the you know, the speed and what that takes away from the defense. What What do you think it is just with, Josh Allen's last couple of weeks and the struggles, perhaps, Mo? Oh, man, honestly, I mean, I, I, I couldn't tell you. I mean, he had tough defenses. I think it was kind of game script against Kansas City, kind of made him throw more than what they liked. I think I think it's more they get – they just they've just gotten away from the running game, personally. I think they got to run the ball more. Um, 
Uh, you know, you, you know, you can, you can even do kind of like what we do with Cam here. You know, you got the run option where you know Josh uh, Allen can take themselves. But I think I think I think defenses have just kind of you know he's always had that inaccuracy. On, you know, he's never accurate. He's he's still got those inaccuracies. They're all kind of coming back to light again. And I think it's just the way the defenses are kind of playing him. And um, I don't necessarily think it's Al, Josh himself. I think it's just the way the defenses are playing against against him at the moment. Um, and like you said, John Brown may have something to do with it. Uh, you know that you know they're 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 more further in. You know the, the safety's further. You know closer. You know he, he doesn't have to be as far further back. Uh, they can play zone, uh, more zone uh, coverage uh, back there. So yeah, I mean, I honestly think it's the defense is getting used to it. I don't, I don't really think it's Allen, and that's just something. I think mean, Allen just has to up his game, and uh, maybe they have to game plan with more run, run play actions or something like that. Yep, and Cole Beasley was um, very productive. Eleven receptions, hundred and twelve yards. Great PPR fantasy day. What's his worth to a team that's win now? Because I think he's proving to proving himself to be fairly reliable not always going to get this level of production mind but I, I i also think that you know he's proving himself to be pretty good i mean is that a player you'd be looking to acquire at all uh um Beasley, yeah and he falls in that range of like a sterling shepherd for me you know you know what you're getting with him he's never gonna make your week but a very solid bi-week filler um, you know, you can plug and play, and it should be a decent job for your team. You know. Okay, and then from a Jets perspective, not much to write home about. Denzel Mims made his first start, had four receptions for forty-two. I think Braxton Berrios was the most targeted, but uh, the interesting one was Lamichael Pirine, um, our previous guest, Jack, who represented the Dolphins and uh, went to Penn State, sort of mentioned P. Ryan as someone he thought that the Dolphins could draft as a late rounder. I think, Chiggs, you've got him in one of our leagues. Do you think he surpasses Frank Gore eventually? They split the work yeah. this week. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I really like him, um, you know, coming into the draft process. For me, he was one of those sort of late round guys that you could see. I think we talked about it. You know, you could see the path um, to him getting work, obviously, with all the Le'Veon Bell stuff coming into the season and obviously now he's been cut um so that opens up the opportunity and we said we said about him you know he catches the ball well you know he's a decent rusher like he, i don't think he's particularly good at anything but he's pretty solid across the board and so with the opportunity there i think yeah he's definitely a guy you know I, i'm interested in i think i think the buying window on him is probably gone now after this performance mm-hmm. um but yeah, if, if you've got him, I think you'd be very happy to sort of see what you've got with him. Yeah, fair enough. If you could get him for your third, would you? Uh, yeah. Yeah, for a potential starter, I think that's good value. Okay. Uh, next game, Bengals and Browns, uh, another divisional rivalry. And I think I remember Scott Hansen saying on Red Zone, this was the first game in NFL history where they've had five lead changes uh, or five scores for lead changes um, back to back to back to back. So um, very, very exciting game. Actually, it was probably the best red zone of the year so far. There was some cracker, cracking games and uh, we'll get to some of them shortly. It just uh, Joe what's this called? Uh, Cody Parkey's uh, missed, uh, missed extra point at the end of the game there. Obviously, he might have cost some people on the, uh, on the spread. I think the spread was three and a half. 
it was it was part of my parlay but that wasn't the only piece um thankfully but yeah cody parkey uh from hero a couple of weeks ago for me to villain probably for many people <laughs> on the betting podcast joe burrow looks fantastic um should have actually won this game i think their defense did a bad job at the end and uh, i think it was people's jones who got the uh, touchdown tyler boyd continued his phenomenal season 11 for 101 just proving to be a good outlet in the middle of the field t higgins aj green both had decent games aj green's an interesting one if you're a win now team is that a player you're interested in at all particularly as there's some rumors that he could get traded to the packers see if he ends up with the packers that that would be very very nice um but to be fair even now he's getting um, target share and I think I was reading something that his actual air yards um, is up there you know, with some of the top in the league you know so it's one of those like if you if you do connect on some of those you know they're going to be big plays um, yeah Mo what's your thoughts on AJ Green would you what, what, oh. what's his value to you know a team like yours that's quite definitely win now I, 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 I don't I don't I think he's I'm not gonna I'm not quite sure if I feel comfortable with him right now. If he goes to Packers, uh that's a different story. Um but right now I th- I think that's a very crowded uh receiving core they have with Boyd, Higgins showing up and and um uh, and AJ. I don't like it when you're you know, you you know, there's three solid receivers on a team. Um, well, you see, he's had eleven and thirteen targets in the last two weeks, right? Correct. But then you look at the I think you look at the first two or the the second and third game, it was like I think he had zero catch. I think he had like one catch or zero catch early on. Uh, there's a couple of bad, like two or three weeks he had were were, were, not, were not good at all. Um, and it wasn't it wasn't any because of injuries or nothing. It just he just I mean I don't know if they just didn't use him or Burrow didn't look his way. I'm not sure what was going on. Um, so if he gets the Packers, yes, I think I, I'm willing to give up maybe. Oh man, maybe a second round. I would say. Oh, yeah. I, I wouldn't sell to it. I wouldn't sell for a late second. I, I, well, I would. I would hope it's early second. I mean, let's just say I pick up something else somewhere else. I would. Yeah, I, I'm thinking more like the value would be like more mid early second, maybe or maybe my late second and, and another player. So I think the thing is, for me, if you're going to make the move and you're going to try and offer a late second, you do it now with the view that you know he's getting decent target share with the kicker that if he moves to the Packers. His value is going straight up as soon as, as soon as he gets that move. Yeah, you, you won't be able to get him for this cheap. So, you know, this is probably the buying window where someone's probably seen a couple of good games is going to try and sell him on a high. And then from a Browns perspective, um, you know, OBJ looks like he's out for the season with a torn ACL. I think most OBJ managers are going to be disappointed. He had the one stupendous game. Um, against was it the Cowboys but I think we know why because the Cowboys just can't defend (laughs) against anyone Uh, you could put a high school team out there and probably give the Cowboys a good game but no so bad news for OBJ I'm a big OBJ fan and um, you don't want to see players with those injuries but does that open up a window for Rashad Higgins for you is that someone you're targeting on waivers or you know might even be looking at adding if you need bi-week filler on redraft leagues or something like that? Yeah, I mean, again, right, it's one of these guys that are going to be, especially in the kind of leagues where we're playing with deep rosters, you know, if he's available on waivers, you should be absolutely trying to pick him up because, 
you know, if he ends up being the number one guy there, you would you would trade him for for decent value. Um, you know, so he's not really costing you anything, and the opportunity's there. And I, I know we've um... not, but you know, based on his previous history, I'd say no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't have better trust him, but. Hmm. And I was going to say, I know we've given him a bit of stick before, but Baker Mayfield had a very efficient game. 22 of 28, five touchdowns, the one interception um, as well. But good fantasy day, good footballing day. But against the Bengals team that, you know, we know isn't one of the better defences. What are your thoughts on Baker for the rest of the season? Is that a player you think you could trust to start in one QB league still or no? No. <laughs> no, yeah. I have yeah. him as my um, so in IDP I've got Baker Phil Rivers and Tua as my three QBs right so see Tua's just coming in and I'm going to have to hope he does well but I'm relying on Baker as my QB1 at the moment that's pretty yep. precarious you know I, I wouldn't even be wanting to sort of start him as my QB2 if I can help it I think he had a good game but it's going to take a little bit more for me to sort of back in yeah i think he's gonna be more based on matchup wise sometimes you might get decent matchups with him and it might be worth as a streamer but he's not one that i'm keeping on my roster like i you know in a one qb league the guy that's interesting me for the browns is um is harrison bright i um you know i think he was one of the the higher rated tight ends coming out of this class you know it was a pretty weak tight end class but you know, showing up with two touchdowns there. You can see that I think he's um he's getting some looks in the red zone and stuff. Yeah, and if 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 this is the perfect opportunity for anyone, it's now or never for Njoku. Because, you know, with OBJ going down, with Austin Hooper being out, he just could not ask for a better opportunity. So I think if he doesn't do it now, then he's probably a candidate in in dynasty leagues unless it's tight and premium and you're holding but if it's especially for shallower rosters i think you're looking at potentially cutting on someone like a an Njoku. so what would you um interesting one what would you pay for odell beckham now you know if um if he, you know do, do you think he's still going to be at the browns next season uh, i hope not for his career yeah I, i'm the same I, I think he needs a move but um you know, do you do you think? Well, where do you think his value is at the moment? You know, if you're going to try and acquire him. Yeah, it's it's such a tough one because as a buyer, you don't want to pay much. As a seller, you don't want to sell cheap. I'd be very surprised if there's many OBJ trades, and I think the ones that will occur is where the seller's just cutting bait for a second. Um, and I think that's very cheap for someone like OBJ. Um, and unless it's an early second, unless you think it's going to be a top 15 pick, top 15, 16 pick, I think with what he's demonstrated in the past, I know he's had an off season, wasn't great last year, but that's just one of those where the talent, I think, will still shine through. And it's going to be hard, I think, for buyer and seller to meet uh, a, a price that they're both happy with, unless you're just cutting bait because he's, frustrated you and I mean we've seen that we've seen that a lot in Dynasty where you know Juju's a prime example uh, we'll get to him shortly I think he had 13 targets or something this week but you saw in one of the leagues um, okay it was for Justin Jefferson mind but Juju was almost a throwaway piece in that because 
I think the owner just sort of lost faith. I think with these players, yes, might not be a rosy picture now, but you've got to trust that the talent, and he's still young. What is he, 27, 28? So he's still got a good few years ahead of him. Cool. Uh, next game, probably not too much to talk about here, but awful, awful game. Washington football team and the Dallas Cowboys. Cowboys put three on the board in total. Kyle Allen, your boy, Mo had a good day. I think the players who really stood out, I mean, Terry McLaurin, you don't really need to discuss him now. He's, you know, given however bad the situation is, he's always putting up decent, reliable numbers. Logan Thomas, Mo, I know you've got him um, in as a as a tight end in one of one of your leagues. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you got him in both. Okay. Do you think he's a reliable starter at the moment? Ah, no. I think it's just matchup basis. I think I mean, like you said, you start anyone um, uh, against certain teams. So uh, yeah, I I think I'm basing it off of uh, uh, matchups. Just and then if you're running low on tight ends, he's he's actually one that I've actually streamed a couple times during the week. Uh, in in redraft as well. Um, the matchup looks good. Just take him in. The good thing again is um, uh, with Kyle Allen or even Haskins, you know they're always going to look for one of their you know their you know once once the you know, once the defenders come in their face, they're going to look at their their tight end as the you know as as you know essentially get away from just throw the ball away or something. And tight ends always get good a good amount of looks um, when it comes to rookie QBs or just young QBs. And that's 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 why I just thought for him. I mean. You're not holding him long term. You just this is more like until until Washington gets another tight end or a better tight end, he's a good tight end to have there on your roster. And Antonio Gibson had a great day. <clears throat> now, considering he's a player that was going late second, early third in startup drafts, would you now say he's worth a first? Twenty twenty one first, given his role. I mean, twenty carries, hundred and twenty eight yards, one touchdown, um, not targeted or no receptions this week, but we know he has been historically. Well, what's Antonio Gibson's value? Um, I, I think, to be fair, um, a late first isn't isn't out of the question. You know, he's um, he's the main guy there. You'd expect Washington to have an early pick. Um, you know, so they're gonna they're gonna be spending that elsewhere. You know, they're not gonna be trying to target running back in the draft. So. You know, I think the coaching staff liked him. I think they've talked him up in the off season as well as kind of being that Christian McCaffrey like, like player, um, and they've and they've given him the keys to their backfield. So, yeah, like I think I think a first is is fair value. A late first is fair value for him. Would, would okay. I pay that? Probably not, but I can see people definitely for sure doing that. I think especially in leagues where you have to start two running backs or maybe even more. You know, in ours, it's only one in each position. But we know this year there's been a scarcity of running backs. So if you're a team that's competing but struggling to put out a second running back, I think giving up a first is pretty good business if you can get him from... I I think for me, he's more valuable than, say, James Robinson. Obviously, James Robinson's done really well for the Jags. But um, I just think... Um, his talent is is better, right? You know, coming into the class, we talked about his sort of receiving ability, and you know, he was kind of a bit of a, a hybrid player, right? And he's 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 doing all the right stuff. So you'd rather have Gibson over James uh, Robinson? Robinson. In, in, oh, in, interesting. In, 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 okay. Sure. Mm. 
for me, Rob Robinson's had a good season, but I just don't. He doesn't have that um, that speed. Um, you know, he's he's going to. I think for me, he's going to be a, a very limited shelf life. Still, I don't. You know, I don't see him. Um, so I could, then, but, well, I was going to say from a Cowboys perspective, it's just ugly, isn't it? I mean, Andy Dalton, nine completions on 19 attempts, one interception. Zeke, 12 carries for 45. Uh, I'm Amari, super. really worried about Zeke. Really worried. Yeah. Like, um, I was looking at him as an option to try and pick up, you know, like an elite running back to really make a push for 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 the title. And then I've looked at him and I've decided he's not a player that I would trust right now to... To give me over the top. No. They're going to be playing behind a lot. They haven't got a QB at the moment, potentially. Yeah. And it's the same um, in our Keeper League. I was making quite aggressive moves to get Zeke. And I think after what I've seen last couple of weeks, yeah, because I'm, uh, I mean, I'm in the hunt there, certainly. I think at the moment I'm joint top, but it's a very competitive league. But uh, I think with what I've seen, I'm worried about that entire Cowboys offense, which is ironic considering just week one, week two, week three, when Dak was under center, we were saying they're all startable. Cooper, Schultz, Zeke, CeeDee Lamb, Michael Gallup. This week it was just horrific. I mean, Gallup, zero, he, he put a donor up. CeeDee Lamb, the only points he got were one one carry for one yard. But again, he put up a donut from a receiving perspective. Schultz, two for 22. Mari Cooper is the only one, you know, who did anything of value, seven for 80. But who do you even feel comfortable starting from the Cowboys, Mo? No one. I even dropped Greg Zerline, picked up another kicker. Mm. Uh, I mean, that's, 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 that's how bad I feel. That's, that's how... Um, low, I feel about the Cowboys when you when you when you're, when you're dropping Greg the leg, um, and uh, yeah, I mean, I just picked up a random. I mean, I think Sly in one of my leagues. I think uh, uh, just just someone off the waiver, and um, yeah, I don't trust anyone the Cowboys at this at this time. It's also like, what... it's not good, right? Like you know, all this sort of noise coming out of the team about you know issues between the players and the coaches and stuff. It's it just doesn't seem like a good atmosphere there at all. Like. They're going to really need to sort of look at that and fix that because, yeah, it's just not working right now. Yeah, and it's interesting because could McCarthy be sacked within one season? You know, the way things <laughs> are going now, it, it's it's terrible. You know, yes, they lost their starting quarterback, but they've got a capable, experienced quarterback under center. It's going far worse than it should for a team with the talent that they have. Um, but anyway, that's the... Um... Here's the thing. Did, didn't they have a losing record even before Dak went down? Right? And bear in mind, one of those was that ridiculous win against the Falcons where the Falcons threw away the game. So yeah, the Cowboys really should be 1-6 on the season and you know, in line for the first overall pick next year. Which is ironic given you know, we were talking them up as being potential Super Bowl contenders with McCarthy <laughs> coming in. Crazy. I, I just I, I just realized yeah they're in line they're they, they're in line to get like an early pick they can go for uh, a a t- Trevor or something it's yeah. funny just imagine Justin Fields or the Cowboys <laughs> yeah so speaking of one in six teams then um, doesn't really sound right saying this but the Houston Texans are now one in six they 
kind of took a spanking actually from the Packers. Packers are all over them, even though they're missing um, Aaron Jones. And I, I thought that would make a big difference. And I said that on the betting pod. I think I even took Texans with the spread, but um, bad move on my part there because uh, Deshaun Watson continues to look good. He threw for 309, two touchdowns, no interceptions. Uh, seven carries for 38. I think he's doing everything he can, but he's not getting too much help, really, is he? Especially on that defense. Um, which which Texans do you feel comfortable starting on a weekly basis? Now, this was the week that Randall Cobb actually had a really good game, 8 for 95. Brandon Cooks was okay for PPR, 7 for 60. But, Mo, if, if I could say to you, you know, you have to start many Texans. Who do you feel comfortable starting at the moment from a Texans perspective? Watson, of course. Um, yep. Next one would be, I mean, Fells killed me. Uh, I think two weeks. <laughs> I needed, I needed, I needed, a, I needed a tight end. I go off oh, Fells. I, I can sell out. He did well last week uh, and zero uh, donut there. And that hurt me. Um, but I think Wolf Fuller would probably be the more, the safest one. I mean, I dropped cooks in a couple of my leagues. Um, I do like cooks value. I, st- I think cooks can can still become elite there. Um, but uh, I think Fuller. What did Fuller do this week? I haven't looked at his three, uh, three for thirty-five, uh, one touchdown. Uh, the touchdown kind of saved his save. day. But, um, Fuller. I mean, Pack, I think coming into the weekend, Packers were number one um, against the receivers. So I think they probably treated Fuller as the the alpha and yeah. take him out of the game. But Packers have got a sneaky good defense there. Uh, yeah, I don't think they get much credit for it. See, I, I really, I still really like Brandon Cooks. I think, um, you know, obviously the start of the season, very slow start. I think you know, we all talked about cutting him in a bunch of leagues. But since then, he's had 12 targets, 9 targets, and 9 targets in the last three games, right? So, and he's had 80, 80 plus yards, 80% of the snaps in every game. Mm. He won 22 and 14 points. Like, Brandon Cooks is definitely a guy you can start at the moment, you know, if he, if he keeps that up with that target share. Um, and David Johnson, for me, is, is a guy I'm starting every week. You know, he's giving me solid RB2 numbers on a weekly basis. And yeah, and I think that's what you expect from him. Yeah, you know, he's, he's, he's perfect. You know, you, you probably picked him up late on um, in a redraft league, and if you've got him in a dynasty or keeper league, you know, you haven't traded him away he's kind of you know you probably weren't getting the value from trading away that people were looking for he's giving you very very solid numbers on a weekly basis and then from a Packers perspective another good performance from Aaron Rodgers four touchdowns zero interceptions Jamal Williams really stepped in to the you know to the void and I think I started him in multiple leagues and he put up good numbers uh, 19 carries 77 yards one touchdown, uh, four catches as well. Of course, the player that really shone and Aaron Rodgers has continually targeted him was Devontae Adams. I think I said on our betting podcast, if you play DFS, the Texans just cannot defend against receivers. And Adams was a must-start and he duly uh, proved that, helped me towards my first win in one of our leagues where things were going pretty rotten. But uh, no, absolutely phenomenal player. Robert Tonyan, a little bit down to earth last couple of games, only two receptions, but I think we know where we stand with the Packers. Uh, Valdez Scantling, 
didn't do anything at all. Zero. He put up a goose egg. Uh, well, he had the one carry for nine yards. So do you think you would ever feel comfortable starting Valdez Scantling or not at all? Jiggs no. is nothing, no. Yeah. I think it's Adams, Aaron Rodgers, and whoever the running back is, and that's it. And then Tonyan, if you if you need to start a tight end or bye weeks have got to you. Um I think he's still getting a few looks, but not much beyond there. Um another really intriguing game and another crazy game and <laughs> I called it on our betting podcast. I said, right. The team to back here is the, the, the team that's losing because <laughs> both teams are expert, absolute expert in the field of losing from winning situations. The Falcons just find new ways to keep doing that. Falcons yeah. lost 22-23. I mean, this time it was a Todd Gurley <laughs> touchdown where he just needed to fall down. I, I couldn't believe it. It's absolutely, absolutely insane. Um Pretty much most of the Falcons you'd want to start had good fantasy days. Todd Gurley, two touchdowns, of course, one where he shouldn't have. Julio Jones, eight for 97. Calvin Ridley, five for 69 and a touchdown. Hayden Hurst, six for 68. So, again, solid back end, tight end one, uh, tight end two numbers there. I think what's coming to show, though, from a Falcons perspective, outside of the fact that they are expert in throwing away wins from uh, uh, from winning positions is there's a huge difference when Julio Jones is playing compared to not and I think we've seen that now the sample size is big enough that you could theorize that but just goes to show again when Julio Jones is there he takes away primary coverage and it opens up a lot of opportunity even someone like Russell Gage who Jiggs you know you talked about before but um, if Julio's missing for any reason you comfortable starting someone like a gauge or a hearst of course ridley's now a must start but the players outside of that yeah i mean i think you know i've i've been starting russell gauge in a bunch of leagues where you know i picked him up and i needed uh, help on like bye weeks and injuries and stuff when julio's been out and you know he's been solid um the whole offense as you say looks a lot better having a elite talent like Julio Jones in there you know any team would miss arguably one of the top three wide receivers in the league so I think it just takes away the coverage from the other guys and everyone sort of steps up from a Lions perspective I think the disappointment was probably well I've seen it from I know quite a few Lions fans uh, you know people from Detroit disappointed that they didn't carry on giving Swift the rock AP got the most carries again with 11 Swift only had nine. He did get a touchdown, four through the four through the air as well. I mean, Jigs, you and I discussed the trade for Swift, and the only reason I couldn't part with him was because I trust the talent. So, still holding on, uh, holding on to that hope that someone other than Patricia is in charge of the Lions and Swift gets the thing. Um, didn't the guy who's Standing out for me is TJ Hawkinson. He's getting a he's getting opportunity on a more consistent basis than he did last year. I think Chiggs, you've got him in our IDP league, haven't you? With yeah, yeah, really, really like the talent. Um, you know, and, and they, to say now he's getting he's getting he's sort of making that step. You know, we talk about tight ends taking a few years to sort of develop um, a bit like a receiver, right? And 
second season now, and he's delivering on a consistent basis on a weekly, you know, weekly. He's not earth-shattering numbers, but again, sort of 59 yards and a touchdown, five receptions. That's you know, in a Titan Premium League. That's pretty solid, uh, pretty solid stats. Yep. Uh, next game then, Titans and Steelers. Really good game. Both teams were five and zero going into the week. Steelers won, um, of course. I think what really stands out here, and I touched on it earlier, was Juju and Deontay were just massively targeted. And Chase Claypool, I think, actually got negative numbers, didn't he? So he kind of had a back-to-earth back to earth, um, showing again. James Conner with a decent performance as well. What are your thoughts now on Juju? Uh, has, has much changed after this week to convince you that he's worth investing in? Or you're still not so sure and you think it was just... Game script. Mo, what are your thoughts on Juju? Um, I still like a little bit of the talent there. I mean, I think if you can get it for a, de- for a decent price, I think he's worth it. I don't know whether he's going to be here with the Steelers next year, so it'd be interesting if they re-sign him or if they let him walk, um, see where he ends up. And, he, you know, he could have a high upside wherever he ends up because I presume they're in dire need of a wide receiver. Um, I, I, I like him. I mean, I, I, I don't know. I think I would start him based off matchups. Um, I would yeah. one thing. I, one person I won't charge. Uh, one thing I, which I kind of knew, which um, kind of made a bonehead move in one of the leagues here was, uh, I, you can't you can't play Claypool when uh, Johnson's there or when all the other wide receivers are there, um, and it's just one of those things that you know. Again, you're gonna have some. You have you, you have to watch Johnson, Washington. You got Ebron. Just again, a lot of mouths to feed. That would be the only. That's the only thing I would kind of be hesitant if you if you're, with Juju. If you're in a win now, um, I don't think I'm going after him because again, I don't know how how much of a target share he's going to end up with. But I, li- yeah, I like 14, his future. Fourteen targets this week, um, massive, massive amount of targets. Um, and then from a Titans perspective, AJ Brown, we know the talent, incredible player, really great fantasy day. Derek Henry recovered it with the touchdown. Corey Davis was the player just wanted to mention here so Mo of course me and you are engaged in a trade which was Corey Davis and um, Jeremy Chin Corey Davis and Jeremy Chin for uh, McKinney and um, Cooks Cooks, that was it so you you still quite high on Corey Davis you think uh, I mean he had Um, six receptions not for much but I, I, I think, well, like Chiggs mentioned, I kind of put him with the shepherd. Um, just kind of, he's just there. If you need a filler, I, I think he'd be a decent filler. Um, I know yeah. we, I think he was one of every, all of our sleepers, or one of, I think yours or Chiggs' sleeper in the beginning of the season, thinking, like, is this going to be the year where he actually, you know, breaks out and kind of shows the talent, or at least his, at least his, where he was drafted shows that value. Um, so I, I think, I mean, he's, I think he's still an elite player. Um, unfortunately, on a team that doesn't throw as much. But I mean, I like. I mean, he's again. You can play him when you need a filler or a streamer. See, I I absolutely love Corey Davis uh, as a long term punt, right? Like, if he if he gets the move, obviously they didn't take up the the fifth year option. So if he can get a move to a, another team, um, you know, say say he ends up with the Packers as the number two over there or something like that. That for me is where his value comes. You know, he he's providing you decent bye week filler value at the moment, but. It's that long-term upside if he can get it because the talent's there, right? The draw pedigree and what we saw, you know, from college and you know, in flashes in the NFL, right? He's had some absolute monster dominate uh, dom- games. He's dominated. Mm. He just he just needs a move to another team where he's getting more targets. Okay, uh, next game: uh, Raiders and uh, Bucks. Bucks are. 
proving to have some really, really impressive performances of late. Another monster uh, win for them, 45 to 20. Uh, just from a Raiders perspective, I think you kind of got what you expect from most players, such as Derek Carr, Darren Waller. Josh Jacobs was very disappointing. Uh, 10 carries for 17. Um, now, we know the Bucks has got one of the best run defenses out there. Now, the question I wanted to ask is not specifically on Jacobs, but which running backs are you comfortable starting against that Bucks defense? Because this is two years in a row now. They've proven to be amongst the top two or three rush defenses. And last year, they were actually number one. So are there any running backs that you're comfortable starting? Calvin Kamara. Jim okay. Kamara. In, in week one. Yeah, yeah, basically those sort of past Dolly ones. Yeah. But outside of that, you know, I wouldn't be comfortable starting Zeke. Definitely not now. I think no. Josh Jacobs. I wouldn't be comfortable starting like a Mixon. Uh, Barkley's not there, of course, so out of the question. But just goes to show that defense that the Bucks have, you've got to pay attention because um, you might look at someone like you know, a Zeke and think, oh, I must start him. But sometimes it might be worth playing somebody like a Gio Bernard where Mixon's out against the Browns rather than, uh, you know, Zeke, as silly as it might sound. But that's a serious front seven that the Bucks have got. And now they're adding Antonio Brown on offense as well. well uh, just, that, that offense is going to be crazy, right? It's going to be so crazy. Be. But what it is doing is muddying the waters. On, yeah, absolutely. On, Tom Brady had five touchdowns, four through the air, and one uh, QB sneak. So amazing fantasy there. I think he got the highest score of all QBs, in fact, um, on the week, even higher than like your Wilsons and Kylers and uh, and co. But what Scott Miller, you know, came out having done nothing, and he had six receptions. I think multiple targets, one touchdown. Godwin, kind of reliable, you know, through the slot as we'd expected, but. Mike Evans is just not getting targeted. What are you doing if you're a Mike Evans owner? Are you worried? Are you comfortable starting him? I'd be pretty worried as Mike Evans owner. I think he's, for me, he's now in that sort of realm of a, a touchdown or bust tight end kind of guy, right? If he's getting looks in the red zone, great, but he's not getting the same sort of target volume. Um, you know, like we said, Scotty Miller, Chris Godwin, you know, Gronk had a good, a good day. But, um, yeah, he's just not, yeah, not you know, not one of them. I was going to say, you add AB into the mix, and we know Tom Brady loves AB, even had him stay at his house. So, <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, muddy waters there, um, even to the point where I'm worried starting Chris Godwin some weeks. But uh, we are where we are. Uh, Talking of good defences, might not look at it from the box score, but the Broncos, again, Put on a good showing on defense, uh, really restricted the Chiefs. Uh, a lot of the points came from boneheaded moves by the likes of Drew Locke and special teams, allowing that Byron Pringle um, touchdown. I suppose the question is, uh, as a Noah Fant owner, Chiggs, are you worried about the QB play there? Are you feeling comfortable starting him every week? What's your view on Fant going forward? Uh, I definitely think it's going to be matchup, you know, uh, matchup uh, dependent. But, you know, I think you have to kind of excuse the game a little bit as well with, um, let's say, Locke didn't have his best game. Okay. Um, 
Lev Bell, what are your thoughts on Lev Bell? Oh, I, uh, what's the numbers here? He had six carries, 39 yards. You know, I, I, eased, I, eased into it. But yeah, then I, CEH only had eight carries. They just yeah. didn't. Especially when it was snowing, the weather, you figured they might run the ball more. Um, I, I would, I'm kind of staying away from that backfield, honestly. Um, I, I think it, it's just going to muddy the waters there. If one's injured, then of course the other ones, uh, you play that other, you play the other running back no matter what. But I mean, we expect this once Bell moved there, Ch's Ceh's value, um, uh, you know, strongly deteriorated right there. And um, I mean, you saw it right here based on the numbers you just gave me. It's funny, right? Like they they put up 43 points. Um, on the week, and yet Patrick Mahomes only had one touchdown. Uh, one <laughs> yeah. touchdown. Yeah. I, that killed me in IDP. Yeah, and you'd argue that not one single player had a good week. Maybe, okay, maybe Tyreek Hill, six for 55 and a touchdown, but and CEH had a, a decent game, you know, 46 yards for a touchdown, but really, like it was pretty poor from a fantasy perspective from the Chiefs when they put up 43 points. Yeah, exactly. As I said, the box score doesn't tell the true story. It was really boneheaded play by Drew Locke and the special teams. Our defense was really good, though, and uh, really held a, a powerful offense in check. So, um, I said, score doesn't tell the whole story there. Um, next game, Chargers and Jags. Uh, I think this was a Really, really good game. Again, 10 points with the difference, but there was quite a few lead changes. Gardner Minshew, there's talks that he might be dropped and thought he came back and had a pretty good game. One thing is, though, Mo, you you know what Minshew is known for, almost at that fierceless, um, fearless, I should say, quarterback play. Do you feel like he really reined it in and was worried about throwing interceptions or worried about throwing into coverage? Because it didn't seem like a Minshew game. It was 14 for 27, off 27, only 173 yards. Just doesn't seem like what you come to expect from Minshew. Yeah, um, but I, I want to say that was more to the offensive, the pressure that the Chargers defense was putting on him. Um, like he had to get the ball out quickly, and I, I, I think I'm going to attribute that more to the defense. I mean, I'll give Minshew credit for like you know holding. I mean, he's just in a tough situation. He doesn't have a line um, that can that can just give him time, unfortunately, and the de- they have no defense. So he's constantly having to throw and put up points and stuff like that. So unfortunately, he's in a tough situation. Um, and uh, I mean, there's a chance, yeah, he may very well get benched. It might be, I mean, I, by the looks of it, I think they're drafting a QB next year, unfortunately. But uh, uh, yeah, it's, 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 a, it's a tough situation he's in. And from a Chargers perspective, really, really impressive performance by Justin Herbert. 27 uh, completions, 347-3. Uh, touchdowns and then also nine rushing attempts for 66 yards. <laughs> he outrushed um, J- Josh Kelly and Justin Jackson and Joe Reed combined. So um, Justin Herbert's really, really impressed. I suppose the, from, from the other side, Keenan Allen is getting absolute target monster. 13 uh, targets this time. I think a couple of weeks ago he had 19. So Keenan Allen is a must-start and... Um, you know, try and trade for him. I'd say he's worth definitely a first plus a young upcoming receiver. But what are your thoughts on Mike Williams? Didn't really do much at all this time. Only the one for four. Because he flashed last week, didn't he, against the Saints? And then... He had a great game last week. And then, you know, 
I've started him in a bunch of leagues this week and he's obviously let me down. I don't think he's going to be a reliable guy on a weekly basis, unfortunately. Mm. Yeah, I agree. I think Keelan Allen's the guy you want there. Um, talking of bad QB play, uh, if we thought Minchus was bad or come who we talked about earlier, Cam Newton, 9 <laughs> of 15, 98 yards, zero touchdowns, three interceptions. Horrific. Um, Scam is back. <laughs> just, just, just showed, I think, that you know, again, they haven't really got a, anything going on offense at the moment. And the Broncos, we know, are a good defense and really troubled them. And to be honest, if Drew Locke had a bit more composure, that would have been a blowout kind of like this was. Um, good performance by Jimmy Garoppolo. Are there any Patriots whatsoever you're comfortable starting, even in a super flex? Mm, not really, no. I think... Um... You know, dynasty-wise, Damian Harris is a guy I'd be interested in. Um, just potential opportunity as as the running back there. Yeah. Uh, but beyond that, you know, see, uh, Edelman's not a guy I'd be targeting in a in a dynasty league because he's not giving you anything in a win now mode, and you know, you're not trading for him if you're in a rebuild. And the rest of the collection of receivers, I don't think I could name any of them right there. Just terrible, terrible bunch of uh, receivers. And Yep. Um, from the 49ers' perspective, Jeffrey Wilson had a great game. Three rushing touchdowns, 17 carries for 112. Unfortunately, it looks like he's twisted his ankle. So with Tevin Coleman still out and Moster out again, <laughs> Chiggs, I think me and you both started Jarek McKinnon and he um, got negative points for me, and the only reason he got you any points was because he got a solo tackle. <laughs> but uh, are you f- comfortable starting McKinnon next week if uh, Wilson's ruled out? Or do you think Jermichael Hasty is the guy to start there? I think Hasty's probably going to be the guy, but staying away from all these guys, I'll probably, if I've got space for McKinnon on the bench, I'm happy to keep him there mm-hmm. and see if it, we'll see what happens. But you know, if I need a if I need a roster spot, he's a guy I'm definitely looking to cut to bring in bring in players. Yep, good performance uh, from Brandon Ayuk, half decent one from Debo as well. But uh, you know what you've got there now, outside of Kittle through the middle, uh, Ayuk and uh, Debo just offer so much speed. It's kind of shows what Carl Shanahan sees in that offense there. Um, this this is the thing, right? Like I think you know. They go under the radar a little bit like Debo and IU because you know, you talk about the 49ers offense not being one that the passing volume, but they're so creative in the way they get these guys going. Um, a lot of sort of sweeps and um, screens and stuff for these guys. And as you say, the speed that they possess, that yeah. sort of low center of gravity, you know, they're, they're great to watch. I agree. Um, good to watch. And uh, you, uh, so still a little bit worried. I didn't start Debo in our in our dynasty league and probably should have, but always worry about who's going to get the production there. Uh, last game then, absolute cracker of a game in the NFC West, Cardinals versus Seahawks. Cardinals took it in overtime, very sort of a even game throughout. A couple of players I wanted to touch on. Kenny and Drake, unfortunately, looks like he's going to be missing um, a few weeks with 
what's looking like a high ankle sprain. So there's even uh, news coming out that he might be put on IR, which is only three weeks this year, not six. Hopkins continued his um, amazing run that he's had, getting heavily targeted, lots of receptions. Chase Edmonds was the player I wanted to bring up. So in relief of Kenyon Drake, five carries for 58, seven targets, sorry, seven receptions for 87. How do you value somebody like a Chase Edmonds at the moment? I, I've actually been, this was actually going to ask you the question just now, obviously, especially as a Kenyon Drake owner as well, right? Yeah. What would you be paying for Edmonds? If I had my second, I would have given it, but I actually gave it. So I made a joke the other day, and it's probably half true, that I made a trade, which was Cam Newton and a second for Kenyon Drake. And the most valuable piece in all of that is probably the second that I gave up. But uh, at the moment, yeah. I, think, I think Edmonds has proved himself, uh, particularly I, if he's going to be the lead in the next few weeks. Um, I, I agree. Like, I think, um, you know, we saw with Edmonds last year when he, when he um, had the opportunity, he looked really good. Kenyon Drake hasn't, hasn't been great this year. You know, there's a chance he's not there next year. Is he playing on the, the transition or the franchise tag? This year, I think. Yep. Yep. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, so, you um, know, there's a high chance that Chase Edmonds could be the lead back there next year. That's that's exactly what my way would be. And I think that's one of the main reasons in IDP I drafted Edmonds when I got Drake. Um, now, with now, now the door's open, Edmonds may become the lead back. See, what I would say to that is I don't think Edmonds has the frame for a lead back, which is why I wouldn't give up a first because otherwise... With the kind of production that he showed yesterday, you know, you'd be talking about a first if you could see them as that bell cow. But we know about next year's class. You've got um, Travis Etienne, you've got Chuba Hubbard, you've got Najee Harris. Uh, you've got, you know, quite a deep running back class next year. It would not surprise me if they don't keep Drake, but they draft the, the bell cow. Oh, I especially, can see that. Yeah. Especially with Cliff Kingsbury. As the coach, he's quite well versed with the college game. Obviously, came from the college system himself. You know, with the air raid offense, I can see them drafting. I, I don't think their starting bell cow is currently on the roster for next season. So, as a Drake owner, that worries me. But that's also why I cap what I'd pay for somebody like an Edmonds. And that's not me trying to lowball, you know, in the league to try and get him because I know I've lost Drake for a few weeks now. But uh, I just don't see that long-term potential. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I think, I think a second for me is fair value, right? Like, he'll give you the production now. He's got the potential upside of being, you know, being the guy next year, but there's all those flags, as you say, that mean it couldn't happen. So, I think, yeah, I think a, fair, a second is, is fair value for him. Yep. And then from a Seahawks perspective, bit of a DK disappointment. Met- well, just, yeah, I was going to say disappointing game by DK Metcalf, but an absolutely incredible chase down of Buda Baker uh, may have given me a slight chance of winning in that because otherwise that was a pick six. Some of the memes that have come out are incredible, but Tyler Lockett, what an absolute monster, monster performance. 15 receptions, 200 yards on the nose, three touchdowns. It, it just doesn't get better than that. You know, um, 55 points he put on me in our IDP league. So, <laughs> incredible. Um, I think the, the player I just wanted to touch on, looks like Chris Carson's going to be out for a few weeks. They're saying he's got an ankle injury. So, I think Carlos Hyde 
if he's available on your waivers in redraft or even dynasty, just go try and snap him up. I mean, I own him in IDP. I don't think I'd want to pay much for him if I didn't. Unless you're looking for, you know, somebody to start. Let's say you had Carson and Drake as your running backs. You've now lost both of them. You need someone. See if you can get Hyde for somebody like third, maybe. But I think he's going to get opportunity. Um, and I also think someone like Travis Homer will get a few touches. But Chris Carson, yeah, um, shame because I like him as a player. But look out for Carlos Hyde on your waivers is what I'd say because we know the Seahawks like to run the ball. And he had 15 carries yesterday as well and a touchdown. So, right, that was week seven. Um, we've gone quite long this week. A lot to talk about. Possibly the best weekend of action so far. Uh, so lot lot to break there, a lot to ponder, um, start thinking about those trades, whether you're winning now, you're rebuilding, you know, before your trade deadlines hit as well. But with week seven in the bag, that's me signing out. Mo. Giddy up. And Chiggs. See you, folks. And again, happy anniversary to Paul and Andrea. Take care.